Sean Batten. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so is that how you say your last name, Batten? That is actually not my last name. Oh, it's not? No. What's your last name? Uh, Earl. Oh, why? What's what's Batten then? Uh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of an inside joke because on 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 Instagram it's Sean Batten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. actually, just to clarify, it's actually Sean Baton. You know, I was gonna ask you if it was Baton, but I was like, I don't think that would be a stupid question on my end because it's like there's no way it's Baton. But I was like, ah, oh, you never know. So yeah, it's well, Sean Baton. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. It rhymes. It's kind of cute. Yeah. It. Uh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean Baton. What does that mean? Uh, so, um, oh man, um, you know, I don't know if, oh God, I don't know if I should talk about it because, um, it's, it's a reference to a Dave Chappelle joke. It's a little, it's a little insensitive maybe? It's a little, well, in the context of just me being this white guy, it is really insensitive. Oh, But like the thing is, is that the, the inside joke that I share with my friend Mm -hmm. is, um, the, um, it's a thing we share together, mm-hmm. and it's like, like, man, I hate to say it like this. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. just if I if I say it, it'll make me sound like super racist. <laughs> and this entire thing sounds incredibly racist without my buddy <laughs> yeah. here. And that and that's like that's. Well, why how about I, you tell me, and I can always take it off if it does sound incredibly racist. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So what does it mean? So there's a joke that Dave Chappelle. Uh, talked about where he talked about how like um you know um police brutality and stuff mm-hmm. you know and how like police would always misjudge mm-hmm. uh, um african-americans for like um for being criminals or whatever mm-hmm. and so he makes this joke where he comes into a ho- uh, uh, an african-american's family's house and he comes in and knocks out the resident like father mm-hmm. and and the uh, the cop pretty much says like, "Oh, apparently this guy like put up pictures of his house all over the place." And then he's like, "Well, let's just sprinkle some crack on him and get out of oh here." Oh my god! And like the thing is, my my be- one of my best friends, uh, he's African American, mm-hmm. and so I met him in high school, and we bonded heavily on Dave Chappelle. Oh yeah. Um, we watched his shows together, references stuff a lot, and that joke in particular. We, it was a great like, show, man. It really was. It, it's good to be be able to express your comedy in every aspect of the way, you know. And I think Dave Chappelle really did like had a niche for that, and that's oh, why it was totally. so funny. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree because all all of the stereo- and of course some of his jokes uh, do not would not sit well today, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, um, yeah. there's still a lot of it that is just so uh, just so profound and uh, you know really. Um, makes jokes on stereotypes yeah exactly but Um, what's the baton thing then well the thing is the police officer would use a baton to knock out a person and then sprinkle crack on (laughs) said victim and so me and him we used to walk around and just like pretend like we'd knock people out but just anyone that we thought looked goofy yeah 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 and like it just ended up being this inside joke we did for years yeah, yeah. and years and well, that's just... not it's not that's not racist that's just you appreciating like a good Chappelle bit you know bit or sketch yeah. and you know something okay like well that. yeah okay good well, just, like, you see what I'm saying yeah like yeah that, yeah like, other people would be like hey that's you know other people are gonna be skeptic about like yeah that's not funny and that's that's like it's a it's, serious thing it's a really serious thing right now but it's also the same time like you know you're the type of person where you know you enjoyed it as as a comedy thing but you still understand the seriousness of it too you know what i mean like yeah you're on that level of like look we can enjoy like a good sketch and we can enjoy something that's funny 
but we also have to understand the seriousness of the situation. Like, there are two sides of the coin, you know, and you understand the seriousness, but you also understand the comedy of it, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. comedy, like, something that you're really into, like, you're, that's in, kind of important in your life. Like, you always have to kind of, like, laugh at your problems and... Yeah, it's funny, actually. Uh, you, like, I'd actually been kind of thinking about that lately, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not... I realize I'm not really big into comedies, but I think it's... Like, I, movies? Like, in general. Yeah? <laughs> Just a comedy in general? I mean, like... I mean, I, I like, I mean, who doesn't like comedy? Yeah, for but, sure. But, like, I don't actively pursue it, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. But I, I, that makes sense. But I realize, I think it's because, So like, you're anti-comedy. No, not <laughs> at all. That'd be really mean, because, like, that'd be the You're the, the comedy complete... Nazi. I get it. It's no, cool. no, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, it's like, <laughs> I mean, like, well, because me and my friends do a lot of dumb shit yeah you know, i mean that's like, that's like what you do with friends like you just yeah. you talk dumb stuff you you say and you do dumb stuff you know and at the end of the day it's like you can do it with you and your friends but as long as you don't hurt anyone and you're like yeah. and like i've come to the point too where i can say like dumb stuff in front of my friends but as soon as someone says something maybe a little inappropriate i'm just like whoa dude like yeah yeah all right let's think about it you know like we we are becoming very conscious of the things we say and do even in our circle of friends yeah yeah and exactly. we will talk about it like we will bring it to fruition. We will actually discuss it. And it does be- make people think like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you do have to watch out with certain things you say, even if it's just in the circle of your friends in your own home, because you want to be able to be a good person. Yeah. You can goof around and be funny and say shit like, I don't know, like a dick joke. every now and then, Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Funny, you know, but whatever. But you also just want to be a good person and you want to, you want to spread like, you know, love and, 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 you know, joy, but you can also be goofy. You can, reference dave Chappelle jokes because it was a good show yeah you know i mean and like the simpsons i always like yeah like, simpsons but it, like let me i feel like i should rephrase my answer though mm-hmm. kind of because i also realize that so i don't really watch a lot of tv you know but um i watch a lot of youtube and there are some shows or some channels i follow on youtube that i think are hilarious okay you know? like I, for one, I like comedy because it makes me feel less, like, depressed. It makes me feel less, like, sad, and uh, I like to see, I like to make the joke out of things. Not in a, not in a way where I, like, oh, it's, it's, it's not serious if I, if I joke about it. No, I like to take things very serious, but in a way where we can almost, like, laugh at it, you know? Yeah. But if it's, like, you, you make a joke out of it, you know? You kind of make, you make the best out of the situation, because it's, it's, it's like, we're alive, and we're enjoying ourselves, we have to, like, we just have to kind of shrug it off, and be like, hey, it's okay, it could be worse, let's just kind of look at the bright side, you know what I mean? So I use comedy as a way to kind of shrug off, like, the, the worst possible scenarios, you know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, to me, it's important, like, comedy is important to me, because it's a, it's a way, it was always a way for me to, I guess people would say it's, it, it kind of, I use it as like a defense mechanism. Yeah, for, that's how it was for a long time. I used it as a defense mechanism, but I've kind of mastered it where I I just use it as like that's just my sense of humor, you know, not in like a dry kind of way, but it's just like I like to use jokes because it makes it just makes people feel comfortable. You know oh what yeah, mean? Like totally. When, as soon as someone laughs and kind of just like forgets about being nervous or forgets about what's happening, like they feel better, they feel more grounded, they feel like. I can kind of breathe a little easier. I can kind of sit here and I can kind of converse with you in a way where I know we can just enjoy it instead of being like kind of stiff and, and awkward. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I hate awkwardness. Yeah, you I pay hate... more attention when like when you make someone laugh or like mm-hmm. that person tends to be more focused on what you're saying when mm-hmm. you make that person laugh. Yeah, you want to make people comfortable and I'm always trying to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm always trying to crack a joke, always trying to say something kind of silly because it's like, 
And also right off the bat, it kind of tells you who I am because I'm going to be doing that all day anyways. And yeah. I don't want to think I'm just crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, I, I, I just from the bat, I'm just like, hey, I'm just going to make some clown noises if that's okay with you, you know? Yeah. That's how I get by. Yeah. But do you think uh, you don't try to advocate for comedy so much because you kind of like this sort of dark, mysterious sort of side of yours that kind of helps you create, you know, your art and all that? I, I think that's part of it. But I think also... Like, my only source of comedy is what I have on me at any given moment that I'm free. So, like, that's why I mean, I that's, that's I how mean, comedy works, man, you know? Yeah, and, like, so that's why I'll, like, go on YouTube and look up, like, dumb videos. Or, like, uh, like, uh, like I was telling you, Reddit, like, sometimes I'll just be reading Reddit threads mm-hmm. and I'll just be dying at what people say. And yeah, like, yeah. Like, sometimes, like, what's crazy about Reddit and the fact that it's such, like... Reddit in and of itself is also an inside joke, depending on where you go. I mean, like, there is this one thread I came across, and one person said something. And what happens sometimes is that people will just repeat what mm-hmm. that person's saying. Yeah. And there's this one thread where I don't know why they decided to do this. They repeated that first person's <laughs> comment all the way down through the thread. That's and I hilarious. was, like, just dying because, like, of how weird but stupid that is. It's funny how people can be, like, consecutively funny and, like, work together on the internet to, like, find the joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, 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 I believe, like, you know, meme culture is pretty big. Like, I like meme oh, culture. Totally. Like, yeah, I, me too. I, I, I appreciate a good meme like anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, anyone who can find a good meme, please send it to my Instagram. I will put it online after this. Follow me on Instagram. Send me all the funny memes you can find. I love me a good meme, please. And, and also, uh, send me any of your pun jokes because I love pun jokes and all forms of puns, even if they're bad. Because I usually make really bad ones, and I think it's kind of funny. And <laughs> are you even... a pun? I was just thinking about this the other day. Puns are just the weirdest things. Like what? What is <laughs> what pleasure do people get out of puns so much? People love puns, you know. What I mean? But then there's some people that hate it too. You know, it's like one. Of those... Yeah, it's just like come on. It's because it's so cheesy and dumb. I guess so. I like me a good pun, but it's like people love puns, man. I Especially mean, like storefronts, bakeries. Like there's always has to be a pun. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always like. Wow, like when you think of a pun, it's like, you got it, kid. You're going to go far. You got the right pun. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I didn't think of any of these. Like, I'm never quick on my yeah. feet either. It's like a comedian who not only do, who does jokes about puns, but he's not very punny. Dead silence. <laughs> Anyways. Um... Oh, I love the dead silent part, too. <laughs> All right, well, oh, Sean man. Earl, thank you so much for being here, man. <laughs> you guys are listening to Conversations from a Room. Uh, we got a brand new episode oh. here. So I brought you on, man, because uh, a good friend of mine who who's been on the show before, Gilbert Louis Ray, he uh, he brought me over to a open mic show where I saw you perform, and you performed a beautiful, beautiful song. And I thought, man, this guy's talented. He's got a cool personality. I'd love to have him on the show. Uh, I really appreciate you being here, Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Yes, I, I, I'm really thankful to be here. Of course, man. Like I said, man, I, you know, there's a lot of great artists in LA, and I want them to be able to promote their stuff. So that's why I have him on here, and you know chat a little bit about some fun stuff and you know chat about life and just you know shoot the shit dude yeah that's let's what it's do about that. um so uh the open mic that i went to it's what's it is there like a title for it is there like a name for the open mic or is it just yeah uh it's so, it's, so that people can know it's a highland park bowl yeah very um, very cool place and like i guess it's like what eagle rock highland park highland area? park i should say it's this weekly musicians open mic yeah yeah it's not like highland it's park not bowl. like an open mic where anyone i mean anyone essentially could go up but it's a lot of like musicians who have been performing for a long time who have been like mastering their work and really just go up and kind of just like shred and just 
really, really put out some good work, and it's it's a really beautiful open mic for you guys to check out. It's what every Tuesday, at, every, every Tuesday, yeah. Sign starts up at like eight eight o'clock or something like that. Eight eight twenty, eight thirty. Sign yeah, up yeah. at seven thirty. Yeah, it's it's a fun show, man. I had a good time, but it's like a beautiful spot. It's a Highland Park Bowl. It looks like it's straight out of like a nineteen twenties Hemingway movie. Or oh book. yeah, I love that building. Oh, it's beautiful, oh. man. I love history too. So yeah, like stepping yeah. into that place is so crazy cool. Yeah, yeah. I get so easily like, uh, like you know, in the bathrooms mm-hmm. there, they have those like old like uh, classic photos of people. Yeah, bowling. Bo- like from like the 30s or 40s. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. those photos. Yeah, man. yeah. you get a little glimpse. Yeah, of- nostalgia is the best, man. Especially yeah. if it's like old vintage stuff about like I love old Hollywood. You know what I mean? Yeah, like old me Hollywood's too. really cool. You know, and it's it's very much catered to that. But uh, cool, man. So I want to talk about your music because that's that's kind of how I got interested in, in bringing you on. And uh, you played a song, uh, I believe it was about your brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and he had just got out of jail. Yeah, he he was out of jail for like uh, he got out of prison in twenty seventeen ish, like early twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. And I met him that year. Really? So you met him for the first time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Was he your, is that like a, a stepbrother? Yes. Or, okay. No, a half, half brother. brother? Okay, half cool. Brother. That whole thing was like confusing. But uh, yeah, like, so he lives in Idaho now. And mm-hmm. um, he had been in prison pretty much since like 1990 wow. or 1991. What, were, were you born yet? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was. I was yeah. born in 1990. Okay. So like, and I think he was arrested around like early 1991 something like that so uh what was it like for him coming out after what almost 20 25 26 years Uh, he like uh i think he like he felt really weird Mm -hmm. you know it was like that usual thing of just like he would always be constantly watching his back out of habit Mm -hmm. you know um one thing that really stood out to me though which is really strange uh that or that really stuck with me was that he kept telling me how he felt like in his like he was aware that he was like forty six, mm-hmm. but his in his mind he was only twenty because he was he was you know he was confined in a certain environment for so long. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so like when I, when I went out with him, did he act like he was still twenty? Mm, not really. No. <laughs> like he was not like wild or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he definitely like. I mean, I'm 27 and I feel like I'm 47. So yeah. <laughs> I'm 29. <laughs> I, oh man. Um, and like, and at the time I was 27. Mm-hmm. And so when I went out with them, it felt kind of cool because he was like, yes, I'm down to hang out. I'm down to go out and drink and I'm down to stay out late. And like, and it was also a little bit weird because he would, you know, he would want to go talk to a woman he thought was attractive. Mm-hmm. They're were, they were clearly such a huge age difference you oh know? i see i see and um he lives in it, it was it's a different world for him so yeah. he would go up and he's like oh hello miss i'm sorry to bother you etc etc mm-hmm. like i don't know how really that works i just mm-hmm. know that it was a little bit awkward for me yeah you know but yeah. i was like well whatever yeah. you, you know, know. Yeah, like, yeah, you, you kind of have to let him you know as he adapts to like yeah, and he wasn't a dick though, and that's the thing sure. because well, that's he the, that's he was super thing. polite yeah. and like she he just complimented her. She said thank you. Um, she walked away, and he just said, "Oh, like wow, she's pretty," you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "All right, well, cool. Let's go drink somewhere else." You know, like <laughs> let's go to the next spot. Yeah, and like so, like talking about that song was so like the song is so particularly uh, interesting for me because um, I think I must have mentioned it at the open mic. But um, why I kind of wrote the song or the contents of the song is so um, specific to like like there's like there's a backstory about my dad about because he passed away when I was like um, like fifteen or something. Oh, okay, sorry and, to hear um, that. Oh, it's okay. 
And um, but I, you know, as an adult, like I'd always wanted to have a smoke with him, like mm-hmm. have a drink with him and stuff. And you know, I never could ever do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I saw pictures. I mean, you could have when you were fifteen, but it just would have been weird. Yeah, it would have been yeah. super weird. And <laughs> though, yes, like I did, he did give me a glass of champagne once. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't a thing where we sat down as adults to chat. Yeah, and, like, no, I know you wanted to have that that father son moment and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. No, I I understand that. And so it was so weird meeting my brother for the first time and spending time with him because he looked exactly like my dad. You know, mm-hmm. really. And I got to spend yeah, like like ninety, eighty five, ninety five percent. He looked very similar to my dad. That's incredible. And so I got to spend an entire day with him on my last day. Like, and so since he didn't drive and he, we didn't have any like way to go out. Mm-hmm. I, we just sat there and like drank coffee and like smoked cigarettes all afternoon. Mm-hmm. And it was my last night there at my brother's place. And mm-hmm. I was just like, Hey, I'm going to go get drunk in downtown because that's what I've been wanting to do this entire time here in Idaho. And my brother came with me, and I was a little bit hesitant, you know, because mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to, like, sit there and be on my own and talk to the locals. But I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Like, I shouldn't be selfish. This mm-hmm. is my brother, you mm-hmm. know? And so brought him along, got him drunk for really cheap, and it was a good time. <laughs> and it was good. such a weird experience, man, yeah. because there were so many times where I'd look at him and be like, wow, this guy looks like my dad. Yeah, you know? it's and insane, it man. really is. And, like, it took a couple years, but it just, this song kind of came to me. And I don't know if you ever feel this way about writing, but oh, uh, for sure, like yeah, you only like, like I remember Jerry Seinfeld has a good quote, like you can't you can't just sit down and write, like good writing just comes to you, you know what I mean? Like that's why I was gonna ask you, you created this song because of this experience with your brother and all that, but is that usually how it works for you, like through experience? I mean, obviously most artists work through experience, but what's the best way to do it for you? Do you, do you feel like you kind of create a lot of good input for music because of you know, you sit down and you're just like, what would be a nice song to write? What would, what's something people want, want to hear? Or is it a lot of this, like, I've lived these things, I've gone through this a lot of stuff, and I, I had to put this on paper, you know what I mean? Because a lot of great writers who are, are really, you know, successful today is because they're just writing their story, man. You know, they're just writing things that happen in their life. That's always pretty much, like, that's always, the, the way I've always written was mm-hmm. uh, always, like, I always treat my music in this writing process as, a diary. Well, how did you sure. start? Like, how did you start writing? How did you realize that you wanted to do music and that you wanted to be a musician? Actually, you know, uh, it's actually kind of goes back to when I was a, like a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, when I was in my early teens, mm-hmm. I was actually listening to a lot of gangster rap. Mm-hmm. But like, I kind of got swept up very late into the game mm-hmm. with the whole East versus West rivalry. Okay. So I was... <laughs> oh, well, that's another thing to mention. You were you were in a original Angelino. Like, you grew yeah. up and you were raised in Los Angeles. Yeah, I was So like, you know, like, you were in the in this, like, bring up of, like, music and entertainment and all that. Like, you, I guess you so, were surrounded yeah. by it. You know what I mean? So whether you, whether you didn't notice it or not, you were probably influenced by, like, the community around you because Los Angeles is a booming city for art. You know what I mean? So it mm-hmm. all kind of came to you first before it hit Idaho, before it hit Georgia. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? So it came, it, it was all, you kind of, you were the, 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 like the guinea pig for a lot of art for so long within the nineties and the two thousands before it really hit hard without, you know, within the rest of the country. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I, I think it's interesting though. It, like, because my whole experience, my whole love and appreciation for, music or being a musician or being a songwriter is had always been a mystery up until about like a couple of years ago oh yeah um because i mean uh i mean not no one in my my like 
the family they grew up with, uh, they, they no one was in the arts. You know, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. Art, artistically inclined, sure, and sure, uh, sure. and uh, it so and like so going back to when I was an early teen, I was listening, you know, to rap, like I, you know, sit there with my best friend and we'd be rapping these songs and uh, like in, in the living room by ourselves pretending mm-hmm. like we were these big fucking rap stars. <laughs> and like, I was like, that's amazing. And it man. was really cool, you know? And I remember I, I used to write all these raps in a notebook uh-huh. and it's somewhere still in my mom's place. I'm sure. And but looking like, at you now, I would have never guessed in a million years because you, oh, dude, you I look like a cholo, dude. dude. <laughs> I did. <laughs> really? I really did. That is hilarious. Oh I have to see a picture because looking at you now, like you have the, this long hair, you have a long beard. You are basically a skinnier version of like Chris Stapleton. Yeah, and like, and like you basically look like like a country music star. You you do, and not in a bad way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got like the jean jacket. You know what I mean? Like you you look like a rock star. You yeah. know what I mean? Where I would never imagine like a cholo. <laughs> Which which is funny too because I grew up in Miami and I was surrounded by cholos and chongas like that oh, was dude. me too you know what I mean oh dude I was wearing like double XL tees yeah and, yeah like, the dickies the dickies pants. pants yeah vans and, like and shit. yeah 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 the chain and, you got the chain the chain I, on your no pants? I didn't I didn't do the chain oh I had um, the chain dude, with oh the yeah, wallet the chain? yeah I had the chain man. I had that in high school when I was in in into like screamo and stuff yeah yeah because that was that was the transition it was rap. And then it was like screamo in high school. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. yeah, for sure, man. And it was funny because like from there, like I like kind of didn't. I left and mm-hmm. moved back with my mom, and I went to Fairfax High School. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my transition from rap slowly started to turn into like emo and screamo. Yeah. And then the first time I started smoking weed, um, <laughs> everything started to slow down. No, <laughs> oh, like really? I got into this crazy, like really mean metal band called uh, Immure. Really, and the fall. You were just going hard, huh? I was going hard, dude. Damn, like dude. It was, the weed ma- got me into like serious, like I think like, you this were smoking spliffs, bro. I think there were weed and like crack in there. May know? I hope not. <laughs> I, oh, that would suck if I found out I was like a crackhead halfway through. <laughs> oh, dude, no wonder I had those. I was really craving for those spliffs. Yeah, it was really weird. Uh, yeah, and like so, I got into metal, and um, and this this uh, this is still kind of trying to answer your question. No, but, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's the whole. I want the history, man. Yeah, this is okay. Perfect, great, yeah. perfect. And so I got so I was into like you know, and I got into this serious metal, and and then I finally like I, at that time, um, also uh, just to trail back for a second, when I was like when I was like twelve or thirteen, I was listening to gangster rap. My friend had a guitar, mm-hmm. uh, his dad's guitar, and I I borrowed it for a night. And I, I've told this story before to like crowds and stuff when mm-hmm. I'm playing a song, but I was trying to play this guitar, this acoustic guitar, and it was the first time I ever picked one up, and I'd always wanted to play one. And um, I remember my as I'm trying to play these notes, my dad is in the other room. He's like, "Hey, Sean, shut that crap up!" Oh no! And I was just like, "All right." And I was just like, "Man, I want to play more." Yeah. And so fast forward to when I was listening to metal, I I was 19 when I got my first. Well, I was 19 when my sister got her guitar. Mm-hmm. And because she wanted to play guitar, mm-hmm. and what was kind of ironic was that I ended up playing it more than she did, and I eventually got uh, my own guitar or my own acoustic. And then after like sometime like right after high school, um, I was asked uh, if I could be in a metal band, oh. and um, I was just like, dude, hell yeah! And um, we were this band at the time. We were called On a Path to Ruin, and we were really going leaning into like Whitechapel. 
and um, so really that? some Whitechapel is like some deathcore band. Really? Yeah. And then, but very shortly after that, after we released, uh, we released a demo, um, we transitioned into a hardcore melodic style. Okay. So that one is definitely something I enjoyed more because it was just pretty easy power chords. It was fun to like just jump around, but mm-hmm. also you create these like beautiful like little melodies on top of these crazy like chugging like breakdowns and yeah, uh yeah. and it was it was really it was fun you know and we went under the name defiance for a while That's and cool. um our like our last the last track we did together when i was still in that band is still up on uh youtube these shitty mixes and mm-hmm. um and so that's that was like my experience with the band but i left because i thought i was going to tucson i thought i was moving there with my ex mm-hmm. and um but it didn't happen mm-hmm. i decided to stay and um, just did nothing for like a couple years. And during that couple years of doing nothing, I was just like, well, I have a guitar. I guess I'll like just play that. And I was playing acoustic guitar. And um, I started listening to a lot of Sitting Color. And um, and this found, through Sitting Color, found this band called Mandolin Orange. And uh, just started learning these songs. And like, it was a really crazy process because I'd been doing like power chords and like, you know, like melodies in in the metal style for like three going on four years and hadn't picked up a uh, acoustic guitar to play actual chords and stuff forever so it was quite the challenge and i remember sitting there trying to learn a sitting color song and thinking it was in finger style what's sitting color like uh sitting color now he's more like an kind of an indie rock okay but uh, indie folk rock. So you were, thing. you were starting to transition into more kind of soft rock. Indie yes. Rock. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And um, um, at that time, the first al- the album that he uh, he he had out, the, uh, one of his earlier albums, was straight up just uh folk Americana. It was mo- almost every song is him on a guitar and there's like a banjo playing in the back. How did you start to feel like this is what I wanted to do? Going um, going from such a like a thick hard. <laughs> Cock. Going from like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a dick joke, guys. Uh, as we said before, going from like such a hardcore like transition of like gangster rap to like heavy metal. Yeah, it was it was crazy, and like I don't know, like and getting into like metal and stuff. That mm-hmm. was just I think that was just like how you're that was like transformation of like mm-hmm. wanting, wanting like of you know finding things you start liking, you mm-hmm. know, like. Um, just get jumping from emo to like screamo and mm-hmm. then to like fucking folky americana yeah so it's just it's just the it's just the change of the times you know it's it just really you, you know you you become older you get a little wiser you go through changes and you just you start to adapt to the things that what you thought would be interesting or cool and yeah. what you feel in your heart would be i guess grounded you mm-hmm. know what i mean you feel like it, it actually has a better resonance in like your soul you yeah. know, it kind of it kind of reflects a little differently than like just doing shit because you thought it was fun as a kid, and doing things because it's your art and like you start to think of life in a bigger, uh, in the grand scheme of things. Like you know, your life really hits you hard, and like you think about your future, you think about the people you love and the mm-hmm. people that you want to be surrounded by, and the music and the art that really you know kind of cultivates all that. And that's kind of I guess how you sort of made a transition to music that you want to make and. You know, so it's not just like I want to make fart jokes all day. I want to make fart jokes because it's like sometimes where people are sad and I want to make them yeah. feel happy, you know. So yeah, and you start to you start to kind of you start to kind of master that as you get older, you know. Yeah. I really want to be able to master something cuz I feel like I do good doing that with mm-hmm. like friends with everyone else. I'm not that great, mm-hmm. you know. But what I really like and it's like it's like one of those 
very tiny like but it starts it starts with your friends man like it's long if your friends enjoy what you're doing mm-hmm. i bet you the rest of the world will like that's all that matters right man. and that's I mean? some that's one my thing is sometimes mm-hmm. i have to learn to get out of my head from that because like yeah. my brain just gets jumbled like, all we're ever I'm, trying like, to do is like make else. our friends and family like happy you know what i mean mm-hmm. like if i can get my parents to laugh i i mean that that's my i can go to sleep you know what i mean i can i can die tomorrow you know what i mean yeah. like i don't care if like the producers of so and so like Oh, uh, they think I'm funny. No, as long as my mom and dad think I'm funny, yeah. I've succeeded. I'm done. I'm good. I can check my box and I can go to bed. You know what I mean? Because that's all I'm, we're all ever trying to do is make our our loved ones happy. You know what I mean? Oh, thanks. But well, do you think I'm funny? Uh. I right, anyway. So my next question, <laughs> uh, I would like to ask you if you wouldn't mind performing that song for us. Oh, all right. I would can that be do cool? That. Um, would you want to do that song, or would you want to do a different song? I can do that. Song. Yeah, you want to do that song? Yeah, because I would love to have you do a song for the show. Yeah, I can do that one. You can treat us with that. Yeah, we'd be honored to to hear a song. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I can do cool. It. Yeah. Take your time, and if you want to tune, get it get it all together. I will. Uh, but before that, uh, we're gonna cut to a quick commercial. So a quick word from our sponsors. Um, this is a product called uh, Catnix. It's the same company that makes Kleenex, but it's specifically for cat piss. So if you have a cat and it does piss a lot, buy Catnix because it cleans up all the cat piss. And it does it really well. Yes. You know, you, you, you just showed me a demonstration not mm-hmm, too long ago. Mm-hmm. I squeezed my sh- cat. Enough for it to pee all over the carpet. He wasn't happy after that. But it was for the demonstration. So. Exactly. It's for the demonstration. Which is great because, I, I mean, I tried it too. I was mm-hmm. helping you out because, I mean, there was a lot of piss. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember I was just cleaning it up and my fingers didn't get wet. It was oh, crazy. No. And you don't, have to, you don't have to use a whole roll. You just use like one sheet. Yeah. And they come in different scent. They have lemon. Mm-hmm. They have orange. Mm-hmm. They have Sean's beard, which is actually a lot better than what you would assume. Can't really tell you what kind of... Uh, it's a bit like cedarwood. Okay, that's great because I I do not have a sense of smell. I really don't. <laughs> Wait, like you don't have smell at all? It's really yeah. I my my sense of smell is so minimal. But like, see, it would have been super helpful for me if I would have known that because I had two cats and they were pissing all over the place. Really? If so I the had, cat next would have came in handy, huh? It really would have. Wow. And all that cat piss would not have ruined mm-hmm. my sense of smell. Damn. I'm not kidding. Seriously. Uh. Please do not <laughs> let your cat piss just sit there. <laughs> Save your sense of smell. Coming from someone who can never smell again, please, please buy Catnix. Thank really you guys. Important. And back to the show. All right, welcome back, Sean. Uh, so, what's the title of the song? Uh, it is called "On a Porch in Idaho." On a porch in Idaho. I like, like, so, I, like I said, this, uh, this song pretty much came about. Um, there you go. Okay, yeah, this song came about because of, I was thinking about that time I spent uh, with my brother on, on a porch. I wrote this little melody one day, one evening, at my buddy's house. And the next day, I was at work just, you know, sitting down, wrapping shit up. And I was just listening to this thing over and over again. And um, as I was sitting there, I just kind of wrote this the song, and uh, I wrote, I played it that night.
on a porch in Idaho Amongst the coffee and the smoke I gazed in wonderment And my brother just sat and spoke And just like that A dream came true And I wonder if our father lies in you I see it now A wish fulfilled Spitting image of him haunts me still It haunts me still The afternoon is gone The evening takes us downtown Whiskey won't be spared So pour us another round And just like that A drink with you Our father lies in you I see it now A wish fulfilled Your spitting image of him Haunts me still It haunts me still It haunts me still That is so awesome, dude. Thank you so much. Man, I love that song so much, dude. <laughs> I love that song. That is such a beautiful song. Thank you. That, that is, really means a lot. <laughs> no, that like like it it's it's such a beautiful tone and like it resonates in such a hard way and it's so so soft and pretty and your voice is so nice. Oh. Yeah, man, it sounds so good, dude. So, yeah, keep whatever that is, keep it up, man. Just keep doing keep to, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. Yeah. Oh, man, thank you that's, so much. That's that's awesome, dude. Good good song. Good 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 performance, man. Thank you so much for doing that. I can't wait to put that out. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah. So, I like to talk about film because that's one of my favorite things, okay. you know, being an actor, being in Hollywood. Um, some of the films that really inspired me growing up. So I like to ask the guests, what's one of your favorite movies? Uh-huh. Uh, what's like one of the worst movies you remember seeing? Like some, like it doesn't have to be one. It could be a few. And like some of your guilty pleasure movies. You know what I mean? Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So All let's right. start with like favorite films. Like what type of films that you love that you really like to like inspire, you get inspired by? Blockbuster movies. Yeah. I am yeah. very, I am. Are you a Marvel guy? Yes. Oh my God. Did you God. see Endgame? Yes. Wasn't it fucking yes! awesome? <laughs> 
Dude, I'm all about those movies. Man. Oh, I love those. Yeah. Man. yeah. You know, like I grew up watching Star Wars with my dad. Gil Gil talked about it. he loves Star Wars, man. He said the same thing. Him and his dad used to watch Star Wars. Yes, but yeah, like yeah. Marvel did such a damn good job. I know, right? They did such a good job. They did that, a great job, yeah. That I my love for Marvel has officially trumped my love for Star Wars. Oh, really? It really has. And I wow. feel really shitty in yeah. a way because yeah. like that's the thing I grew up um, watching with and my you know dad, they did it in, in such a shorter amount of time too i know like but and, and did so many movies and mm-hmm. like kept like oh my god like that mm-hmm. oh man Endgame. game i've I never seen a movie twice in one weekend and it, that means that you that you spent six hours in the cinema yes <laughs> I've only, I, 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 proudly i saw I it once i saw it i think on last monday uh-huh. and i will see I, I will go see it again but i have to wait a few i have to wait like a week or two <laughs> I, I yeah, yeah I'm get, yeah. I have to wait until yeah. I have a free night. Yeah yeah exactly you know? yeah because it's a it's a commitment yeah, but those movies are great man I'm glad you like because it, it's like you know I and I don't get me wrong I love like you know very dramatic sophisticated like Oscar nominated type stuff mm-hmm. like I'm all about that but the Oscar movies are just it's like a fun just kind of like a carefree one of those movies that you could just enjoy for mm-hmm. like the cinematic adventure part of it and like yeah the acting's still fun like they have it looks like they're having i like performance where it looks like they're having a good time yes. you know mm-hmm. what i mean everyone looks like they're enjoying their job you know they're making audiences happy that's the ticket that is the yeah. goal you know why, why do you like those movies so much i like it for their overall storytelling narrative yeah that arc of just uh mm-hmm. Uh, this grand scheme. There's and they like make this... sure never to break the timeline. Like, they're very, very consistent. On, right. Like, you know, like all X-Men movies are kind of like, are all kind of all over the place and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they never, they never were, they never thought they would make it this far. Right, You know, exactly. but they've, they've had been consic- uh, like consecutively trying to make sure each story is kind of reference to everything, you right? Know, like they were one universe. You, yeah, yeah. They remind you that there's a yeah. universe by referencing some event that happened in yeah. a previous Avengers. Movie, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, and it's like, great. And like, if you think about like all like the best like the best Marvel movies so far, mm-hmm. I think have been the the Russo brothers directed. Movies. Civil War like, was great. Civil War, Infinity Winter War, Soldier. Yeah, and yeah. Winter Soldier is considered. One of the, the best, best Marvel films, yeah. yeah, until Endgame came out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Endgame and- blew it out of the water. Well, Infinity War and Endgame have blown all superhero movies out of the water. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's our. It's really like they've really done something incredible here. Yeah, like, it's yeah, something yeah. So unprecedented, like really yeah. something so unique. That's and- awesome. Man. I love, I love blockbuster movies, man. That's it's the reason why we go to the movies. You know? Yeah, like I love going there and being able to buy the popcorn and sitting in the dark room and yeah. like, the sound system. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I've said this before on in the podcast. I love Daniel Day Lewis. I think he's a phenomenal mm-hmm. actor. But I would rather see Phantom Thread in my living room on my own couch in, with comfort. You mm-hmm. know. Instead of seeing it like paying sixteen dollars at the cinema, I'd rather go see you know Jurassic World. I'd rather go see you know Terminator movies, yeah, Lord of the Rings, you know Marvel movies. I'll go see those all in the theaters because yeah. it's you, you you're paying for what you get. You know what I mean? You want to see CGI? Like I don't mind that stuff because you want to see it on the big screen. It looks fun. It looks cool. You know, and when it's done right, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yes, exactly. But and here's another thing. Going back to first part of your question one like a movie that i really love mm-hmm. i always think about it over in my head and it's definitely like a spacey kind of movie so i mm-hmm. i absolutely love interstellar oh but amazing also, movie we talked about that before on the show yeah and another great movie is uh first man 
Oh, and, that's um, one of my favorite movies now. Like, oh, dude, it is. You know, it, it's an amazing it's so film, good. right? Yeah. Like, like it's 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 you know it it takes its time to tell the story with not a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's got amazing like uh, Gosling's an amazing actor, but it, just that story like the way they because it's like it's one of those movies that it could be very boring. You know what I mean? Not it boring, could be, yeah. but it's just like yeah, we've heard it over and over again. We know the story. We know that we know how it happened. But they tell it in such a way where it's more than just the first man. It's a it's about this guy's life besides NASA, Mm -hmm. besides, you know, part of the space program. Mm -hmm. It's his life surrounding all of that. It's an amazing story. It really is. And like and you know, we were talking about some movies like Phantom Thread, or it's not Mm -hmm. like that's not necessarily a movie you might want to see in theater. Mm -hmm. And um First Man is like one of those movies that Mm -hmm. like don't necessarily have to some one might say it doesn't necessarily have to be watched in, in theaters, the theaters but, but I disagree yeah. heavily. I went to go see that movie three times just in the for theaters, that experience. Yeah. yeah, well, you know why? It's because it's one of those films that that same director directed La La Land. Yes, yeah. And so when you're good at, it's almost like you're you're more than a director. You're a choreographer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're you're placing shots and you're placing actors and you're placing scenes in a way where they flow so nicely together and the shots are so beautiful and the acting is so it's so powerful and the director does such a good job of making you feel like you're in that person's shoes and that's when you want to see a good movie because it's so it's it holds such so much power a, in these scenes, you know what i mean dude yeah, yeah i love it i'm glad you like that movie because not a lot of people didn't really see it yeah i know it was yeah. really disappointing there's yeah. I, I even heard that like this is kind of cool, but like I heard someone say, like, "Oh, I didn't really like the launch scene; it was shaky." But what's no, really that's funny why is it was that, cool. Yeah, well, and that what's so interesting is that that's where it's actually accurate because mm-hmm. uh, I have a friend who works at the observatory, mm-hmm. and she says she's met Buzz Aldrin before, mm-hmm. and he explains how, and and she's met other astronauts, and they have explained how being launched up into mm-hmm. the, into space um, uh, feels like. Some you're in a in a spray can mm-hmm. and someone's shaking and shaking spray. it, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like that entire launch sequence, that mm-hmm. first one, is so so raw and mm-hmm. so like because you feel like you're that I, person. Well, and yeah. that yes, that's exactly yeah. it. Like I felt like I was there, and they made sure you felt like you were always yeah. with Ryan Gosling in that yeah. entire sequence. Mm-hmm. But another, but a movie I hated, absolutely hated, because <laughs> yeah. uh, I really wanted. Kind of want to talk about. <laughs> You're only here to talk about this movie you hated. Yes, because it's so fucking dumb. What is it? Uh, oh man. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's uh, four Fast, Four Furious. Is it the last Fast and Furious? No, movie? it's the fourth uh, one. It's the fourth one. It's the one that's called Fast and Furious. Oh, uh, you know what? I, that movie I haven't so seen. Bad. I haven't I seen it. any of them since like Tokyo Drift. But those movies are like like notably bad, aren't they? Aren't they well, like supposed to be like just cheesy and like? Terrible? I mean, I guess now, yeah, but yeah. like. I, like I watched the first two, and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're fun. The first yeah. one's great. Yeah, they're, the second they're one's just over fun. the top and silly, and like they fight cars with like a submarine. It's like a whole. Well, thing. I yeah. mean, like now it's like that, yeah. but like back then it was just like, oh, this, this is like serious car crime drama. I know, and I'm like, okay, I'm no. fine, whatever. Like yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, but then they, look, what really? I guess why it re- like that fourth one really threw me off was mm-hmm. the fact that like here's Vin Diesel running around, and like there's that scene where like. Um, there, there's an exploding gas tank truck mm-hmm. rolling down, and then he's in the car and he's like revving his car up, and like his wife's like, "No, don't do it, Vin Diesel, don't!" And he's all like, "I'm yes. doing it, I'm doing it!" And he like he goes, and just as the truck bounces, it bounces right above 
and perfectly so oh, where he Jesus. can shoot under. Yeah, yeah. And it was at a time when they were not trying to be corny. You yeah, know? yeah. They were just trying to be serious and trying to make, yeah. I guess, Vin Diesel look but like a But if you hero. do things that are so out of the norm and so ridiculous, we're going to laugh at it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like people say, like, they watch those Fast and Furious movies just to have a good laugh. You know what I mean? It's well, insane. I think they started doing that. Like, I, I'm pretty sure they started allowing themselves to go in that crazy direction. Yeah. When they would see, like, a uh, test probably audiences or seeing mm-hmm. audiences yeah, laugh yeah. They're like, at well, okay, it well, like, well all right. you need to be more self-aware if you're going to do stuff like that you have to understand like all right if it's going to be cheesy let's make it fun cheesy you know what i mean let's not yeah. make it so serious you know that's what hobbs and shaw is going to be if well, you heard that yeah. yes that's was... like that, that's like the the fast and furious spinoff and like audiences are m- like mouth-watering for that to they come are. out man they're like so excited for that movie yeah i'm actually uh that one is the one exception i will only see that with friends if yeah. it's a drinking game <laughs> but yeah because, exactly because movies are always good with friends and when you're you know you're involved with like you know if you're smoking or drinking before because it makes it better you know yeah exactly yeah yeah and um so and th- so what would the drinking game be oh just i don't know drink every time the rock uh let's Flexes. say no the, the every drink every time the rock exhibits some form of superhuman ability <laughs> because like once a yeah, like he picks up a refrigerator and throws yes because that will probably happen <laughs> yeah. oh for sure that will for legit, sure. like i saw this i saw a clip of like one of the last fast and furious scenes and like hobbs and shaw are fighting mm-hmm. in the prison cell and they're like fl- flinging each other around like the rock is just yeah, plowing like nothing, through yeah. like like 10 guards and oh, it's like okay these guys are super yeah yeah now. yeah like, this is well nuts. that's the thing about the hobbs and shaw movie is that uh idris elba's character is supposed to be like a superhero he's supposed to be injected with some sort of serum that makes him like superhero strong is that what it is yeah that's why it's like the first superhero in in a fast and furious <laughs> i know isn't it crazy it's insane they're like introducing superheroes oh into God. the fast and furious franchise now it's insane i know i know that's why this movie's gonna be nuts dude it's gonna be fucking nuts bro i know it's gonna be crazy oh man all right so what's like a guilty pleasure movie even though the fast and furious could be but what's like another one like a 2012 instantly really you know i never saw that movie yeah it's another one of those like over the top like ridiculous i heard it was terrible but the but the graphics were pretty good the it's graphics were good but it was how many times have you seen it two or three times okay but like i like when i first i was went to go see that in the theater because i wanted to see la get wrecked i know know? right it was cool to see and that's cool man yeah 2012 is one of those films huh yeah just like it's so so over the top and silly you just watch it for fun yeah and you haven't seen it right Nah. well like i've seen clips but it is like super cheesy i think there's a there's a scene in there remember um, when that was we all thought that was gonna happen yeah did you were you one of those people who like as a kid thought that would might happen for a while, I did. Me too. And then <laughs> Me I too. and before it even before twenty that time that date hit, I was yeah. I had been convinced that it was gonna happen. Oh, but really? like that night when I was going to bed, I was sitting there. I'm just like, well, well, what if it does? What if it does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then like you look outside, it's like everything looks normal. And then you wake up and it's like, yeah, we're okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I, remember, I remember I went to school that day and I was like, oh yeah, today's that day. Oh well. Yeah, I woke up. I'm just like, oh, we're all right. God damn it, I gotta <laughs> God go to damn work. it! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> all right, maybe next year. But yeah, there's this great scene in it, and I think there, it was this moment that I was just like, okay, this movie's fucking stupid, and uh-huh. I love it. What was it? Because, uh, well, there was like once this earthquakes. Well, first of all, it starts with the fake Arnold Schwarzenegger governor saying like he's like, it appears the worst is over, and then like <laughs> the earthquake happens. 
and then everyone freaks out and then like they get into their limo and they're driving and there's like an old vehicle and everything's turning the shit oh no and like the guy in the car he's like move it move and he's just like he decides to cut through like lawn it cuts to like the drivers and it's two old nice old ladies just sit, driving smiling oh and it, my next God. it cuts to them like crashing into so they're trying the- to make like a gag out of it during this like this serious movie yeah and and then i think and i think it was kind of good that they did that because like like that city got wrecked like la got so wrecked how does one family in a limo get Mm -hmm. out of it alive Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that shit was crazy i know yeah i i don't think i'll ever see it but i'll just watch clips of it on youtube yeah i mean that's as best as you can do so that movie sticks out sticks out to you the most for guilty pleasure. Yes, huh? that's hilarious. That 100%. I don't think I'll ever hear that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, really quick, I mean, we most mostly talked about music, um, but what's like music you listen to now that kind of inspires you to make what you're what you're working on? Uh, right now is uh, uh, it's a lot of um, a lot of folk and Americana. You mm-hmm. have like acts like so, like I said, Mandolin Orange, uh, a- the Avery Brothers. I have to check um, those guys out. Yeah, those guys are good. Um, there's uh some some new bands I've been getting into. Uh there is uh this one uh singer songwriter named uh Molly Tuttle. She's amazing. Hmm. Um she uh, like I tried to do flat bluegrass flat picking and mm-hmm. so um her and like Doc Watson are some musical inspiration. Love Doc Watson. Yeah, he's amazing, too. man. He's incredible. Yeah, I love yeah, his music. Just old school, just like bluegrass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um and um Anyway, those are my big inspirations. Uh, City Color, of course, like I said, is one of them too. Like, City and Color. City and Color. Oh, yeah. City and Color. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's he's fairly new, right? No, he's been around for a while. He actually used oh, to okay. be in this band called uh, Alexis on Fire. Okay, cool. And um, after that, he started doing his own thing. Okay, cool. I was told that the album or his name is called City and Color because his name is like Austin Blue or something like that. Yeah, something, <laughs> Dallas Green. Dallas. Yeah, there we go. So I was close. I knew it was. I knew it was something. I knew it was a Texas was city and it was a color. Yeah, yeah. Incredibly. Austin close. Blue. No, Texas Green or whatever. Yeah, Dallas Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, those cool, are man. like my big like music. Yeah, so very folky Americana. Like, cause I use my guitar a lot as also as a, a band member so like yeah, even like sure. with these like doc watson for example mm-hmm. he's like a great um inspiration for me like guitar wise mm-hmm. you know um ava brothers also another great um inspiration for me on some of my tunes that i play and and write about too mm-hmm. I, in fact like like them i actually i have a few sister songs here and there mm-hmm. you know um so yeah so those are really great inspirations how about like are there songs or like an album that you're working on or is there like music like songs that you want to put out that we can find uh i'm working on an ep right now okay um i'm i am i think i'm gonna have i'm gonna release a single okay cool man my hotel cafe show if i can get everything working how many songs um this uh the ep will have i think uh seven songs and it's all solo work it's all solo work that's incredible um, man i'm really excited for yeah. its kind of production because i did mm-hmm. it through my phone and it's not going to sound amazing sure it's i mean gonna, it's, you always got to start somewhere man yeah. yeah yeah and um i wrote everything on it like so Beautiful. there's banjo and there's some mandolin in there and there's some percussion in it i did all of it awesome, on my man. own and so I'm really looking forward to it and what i like about it the most is that i hear it and i'm like okay this is exactly what i want mm-hmm. you know from what what i've created is is not 
though like it's not input from someone else though i'm not saying i don't want input but like i listened to this uh record on my own and i'm like yes this is exactly what i wanted to hear what i wanted to create what i was dreaming yeah uh, what i was dreaming this would sound like i mean that's the key man you know yeah. as long as you feel satisfied with what you got i mean that's all that matters you know yeah like i do like i i want to do that i want to release this ep and i want to start like working on recording a, a like a full length and i know that seems really fast mm -hmm. but while like i let my ep sit i can work on recording this full yeah man why not hit the ball running you know yeah. it's like just just if you if you feel like you're ready to hit that challenge if you feel like you have it all in you and you want to just start putting it out there start putting it out there you know yeah just keep keep doing it man you know you just gotta keep keep doing stuff until it hits until it sticks that's it yeah you know? just keep keep doing what you love exactly uh so really quick uh we can talk about books if there's anything you're reading anything that you wanted to promote I do actually. I okay. was thinking, uh, like I was thinking about this. Okay. Um, so I don't really read a lot. Neither um, do I. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, good. But I mean, you have this amazing. That's mostly Rachel's books. Oh. I try to change, like you know, go from different different themes. You know, so, some of them are like spiritual books. Some of them are like you know short stories. Some of them are plays. Mm -hmm. Some of the books about writing comedy. You know, it's about it's a bunch of different stuff. You know. But what's some of the stuff that you're looking at now? So um. Right now, I don't really have anything in mind particular that I want to read, but mm -hmm. there's this book that has stuck with me for years. Mm -hmm. uh, it's this book called uh, House of Leaves. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. All right, so check this out. So it's a, it's a, it's a book about a, a novel. And, um, book about a book. Yes. Cool. But, like, and, like, this character... Um, finds this novel that a neighbor had left behind when he passed away. Okay. And so he's reading through this novel. And this novel is uh, called, uh, within the book, is called uh, The Navidson Record. And um, it's about a house that is slightly larger on the inside than it is on the outside. And... Um, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and like throughout the book, like the main character that's reading it is also reacting um, to the book uh, as the book continues, um, and he's going insane. Um, really? Yeah, and um, and it's really kind of um, a really like like just reading the text is wild. Mm -hmm. Like you flip through the book and you'll see a lot of text in places that they shouldn't be. Like really? there's like parts of the book where you have to read it sideways so it's kind of like an like, experimental type novel kind of and there's like and like there's parts where you have to read the book like upside down really there's a part too where like you you um um have to like there's there's text in the book where um you have to um read it through the through the uh through a mirror what yeah it's crazy that's insane so well, how come this stuck to you so much I mean, because it was interesting, it was sort of avant-garde, or because it was actually, like, something that really stuck to you as a good book? Well, it stuck to me because, so, to get a little bit into what this Navidson record and the house is, is mm -hmm. that um, one day, like, the main character, um, like, um, finds, discovers that the house is bigger on the inside, but only by an inch than it is on the outside. Okay. And he's so confused about it. And then one day a hallway appears in between one bedroom to the other bedroom, which was never there before. And then eventually a door appears um, in the living room 
and this door leads into this hallway and like the hallways just there's nothing like there's like the air is dead um the walls are just not even plaster it's just incredibly plain and um when you travel through it um your environment changes constantly so you it's almost it's often impossible for you to get back if you get lost Ooh, that's and like scary. yeah and um and, but they him and like his friend want to explore this thing and see where it goes and as he continues further um it just gets bigger and bigger somehow mm -hmm. and um and the way it's written um reading between those scenes and how the guy's going insane um actually makes you start to question things you know is that makes, so that's kind of what the book meant to you yeah, yeah. and like because of the the contents of both the novel mm -hmm. within the novel and the actual character going crazy mm -hmm. like for a very short time after a while i was very paranoid of dark spaces like there's this one time where um my friend and i would just, were taking just a small road trip in town and we went up by chatsworth mm -hmm. we we're going down the small street and all i could see was like the road and the lights like mm -hmm. ignited it was just everything was just pitch black and I didn't say anything, but in my head, I was just like, okay, I'm getting really kind of concerned here. Like, yeah. I like it gave me a little bit of PTSD for dark spaces. Yeah, yeah. For, for a very short time. That's incredible, and, um, man. And I just was so glued to this book. I mean, yeah. I was like, there was a lot of times where I almost missed my stop on the train because I was just so absorbed wow. into it. All right, man. We'll have to check that out. Anyone who wants to check it out, go ahead and you'll lose your mind. All right, man. So I'm at the last, uh, the last segment of the podcast. It's it's a simple question I, yes. I like to ask at the end of the show. Cool. Um, before we end, I'm so glad you were able to do this. Thank hey, you thank so much you. again for coming. I've gotten to learn so much about you. You've had some great stories, and so I really appreciate that. But uh, I like to ask a very simple question: What is your ideal, your dream, your perfect breakfast? My oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh man, I love breakfast. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh man, my ideal perfect breakfast. Yeah. There has to be orange juice for oh, sure. Oh, for I love me some orange juice. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. Pulpy Just, orange juice. Yeah, half pulp. I'm like half pulp. Yeah, I'm not I, too much pulp. I love pulp. Yeah, like, give me all the pulp. <laughs> so you're you a got. psychopath. Okay, cool, yeah. awesome. <laughs> you can give me your pulp if you want. <laughs> I'll just spit it out as I'm drinking it. Too much pulp. Here yeah, you go. yeah. All right, so a pulpy orange juice. Uh -huh. All right, cool. Awesome. Um, definitely some eggs. Oh, gotta love the eggs, man. Okay, how do you like them? Scrambled, sunny side up, omelet style. I think if I'm going to go perfect breakfast, I think I'm going to go over hard. Over hard? Yeah. Okay, so you got extra pulp orange juice and over hard <laughs> eggs. I will never, ever sit next to you during breakfast. Because, uh, let me guess, you also like raw pancakes? I don't like pancakes. <laughs> oh, even worse! Oh, even worse! Who are you, first of all? Who are you? Oh, man, what Damn. a surprise, man. You are a sociopath. So, so, okay. So no pancakes or waffles. Okay. All right. So you're more savory. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, more okay. savory. So we got very pulpy orange juice. We got over hard <laughs> eggs. What does that even mean? It's like, so. It, like very like crispy on the bottom? No, it's, uh, it's, if I'm correct, it's like regular eggs, mm -hmm. uh, regular, like over easy eggs, or whatever, mm -hmm. except the yolk is like hardened like it would be if it was hard. Oh, pulpy. so you don't like the yolk. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't mind the yolk. So you don't I like just... dipping the bread and the yolk and all that? I mean, if I had like bread, part. yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just don't always really do that. All right. So you just like a regular over like sunny side up egg, but just all cooked. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then extra um, hard egg. Mm -hmm. Perfect. 
so and then um home fries yeah and then danish sausages why danish sausages because they're dope how do you sp- explain a danish uh sausage uh just i would say a thick and more savory longer sausage okay you know? cool sounds like, good above average size yeah, hefty you know? sausage cool yeah cool, cool. <laughs> yeah that's the, um, that's the strip club i used to work at huh hefty sausage is the strip club i used to work at. <laughs> yeah. um or um either that or longanisa which is uh, a filipino um uh, breakfast sausage are you filipino i'm half filipino wow look at that yeah that's cool man yeah so it's a breakfast sausage yeah, yeah. it's uh, it normally served it's like this tinier sausage like this mm-hmm. and it's kind of reddish but it's sweet too oh wow so um, more sausage cool yeah yeah All right, sweet. <laughs> i love sausage <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah man i know good stuff <laughs> um and definitely some bacon too because i fucking love bacon oh okay cool and, um so it's a, it's kind of like an american style you know really eggs is. potatoes or you got your oj but you got like influences of different cultures like danish you, uh, you know filipino and all that yeah cool exactly cool, yeah and um that that might be i mean unless you want a heart attack that should be it i think so <laughs> I, no like, toast you don't like toast on the side oh yeah toast okay, yeah what yeah, type so, of toast uh sourdough sourdough is the best right you so can't good. go wrong with sourdough i love sourdough oh, sourdough is so, so good man whenever i do cook it doesn't happen often but like whenever i do it's like this beautiful process for me. <laughs> and it's like and yeah. i like uh especially during dinner but I'll, I'll make food and if it's dinner time i'll i'll actually grab a nice beer but um oh yeah it's always nice to have like a nice cold beer with your dinner exactly yeah me and my dad are like that but yeah like and in terms of breakfast that's the reason why it's pretty standard yeah, because yeah. i never have it and mm-hmm. um it's just it yeah it's like feels a di- so like, good you like diner breakfast you know what i mean yeah 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 sausage eggs that's potatoes. like the one kind of meal i could eat all day every day oh for sure yeah breakfast for lunch breakfast lunch and dinner oh, yeah are you dude, kidding me it's, so the best, good. it's the best meal of the day you ever been to uh blue jam cafe no sounds you good. should blue jam it's where's a, it at uh there's one on uh melrose i believe oh okay it's a tra- um, it's a chain yeah yeah blue jam i have to um, check it out blue jam sounds, cafe sounds wonderful it's a great like my favorite brunch place in really Hawaii. i do like, like brunch yeah yeah brunch is check great. it out man anyways uh all right cool man good breakfast awesome yeah. good choices there all right dude well that's the end of the show man that's cool but um cool man you want to go ahead and promote yourself on like social media on you have a website anywhere youtube you can check out your music or anything like that uh yeah i mean i got um uh my facebook is uh sean earl mm-hmm. so uh just to be clear, it's S E A N E A R L. Okay. Don't want people to get confused. Sean Earl on Facebook. On Facebook. Uh, make sure you find me there and like my page because there's another Sean Earl out there and I just <laughs> want to be like the top result. His music's not my kind of cup of tea. Oh, you know this other Sean Earl? I don't know him, but oh. I heard his music. Oh, that's funny. I'm not a, not a big fan, but he seems like a nice guy. All right, cool. And uh, then just hope he's me, doing well. I hope he's doing well too. Just let me be top result. That'd be cool. <laughs> top I'd result, like Sean. And, uh, and then uh, Instagram is Sean Baton. Sean as, Baton, as we discussed earlier. Yeah, that should be pretty straightforward. All I'm right, pretty cool. sure. And um, I do have a YouTube page. Um, I'm planning to put up uh, a video on there pretty soon. Just spell my name out, Sean, Sean Earl, Earl, and then find a channel. And uh, uh, it's a very new YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but you'll sure, find me yeah, on there. Yeah, as long as you got some stuff up there, I'm sure people will check it out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, any shows late, uh, like coming up that you want to promote? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, my big show is coming up May 26th. Okay. Um, it is going to be at the Hotel Cafe. Awesome, dude. Um, and I am playing at 10 p.m. So that's a Sunday. 
and so come through and come through early if you want to um get there say my name and then come chill out and see the rest of the set because oh, a lot of those people who are playing are also friends of mine so where's the hotel cafe that's uh right off of hollywood boulevard and coenga all right well yeah. may 26 at hotel cafe at 10 p.m go see sean earl should be a fun show Oh, well, thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you Thank very you much. so much. Uh, let me just do my little things here while yep. before we close out. Please remember to subscribe to the show if you guys are enjoying it. Thank you for listening. Write a review and leave a rating. That would be wonderful. Um, thanks to Gilbert Louis Ray for the theme. And I like to do a little sign-off. Uh, I like to ask the guests at the end of the show. No, wait, that's not what I'm going to do. I like to start a sentence and have the guests finish it. Is that cool with you? Okay. All right, so a little bit of improvisation. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into Conversations from a Room. Have a good night, and... Uh, be special, because we are special kinds of people, and you should be special, too, not normal. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everyone, and be good. And special. And special.